The Y'all Show, where we discuss all things Southern. John Rawl is my name, and it is wonderful to have you in on this final day of the first week of 2023. Hope you all are getting ready for a big weekend. We got a really big show lined up. We've got headlines from across the Southeast, starting with the president traveling to Texas this weekend. I'll let you know why Joe Biden is Texas bound. We've got other headlines from across the nation. We've got on this week's, on today's show as we wrap up this week, information on the college football playoff national championship game. It's going to be Monday. Georgia and those Horn Frogs of TCU getting together in Los Angeles. We'll discuss the latest on that. We've got a national championship game in college football that will be held on Saturday. We'll let you know about that. Plus, the NFL playoffs are just a weekend away, but this weekend it's the final regular season of the National Football League. We'll break down the matchups and more. Lots of Saturday games going on in the NFL. All that here in hour number one. When we turn the page to hour number two of this Y'all Show Friday edition, going to have a great, great hour two lined up for you. We're going to start it off with what we call hashtag hullabaloo, where we've gone on social media and found what y'all are saying about y'all, things about the South that we'll share with you to start off hour number two. And then as we wrap up the second hour today, we have festive South. I know it's cold outside for most of you. I know you just came off of both Christmas weekend and New Year's weekend, and now you're sitting there thinking, we can sit at home this weekend and do nothing. No, not if you listen closely, because later in the show, we're going to have an hour number two, the festive South, where we tell you events going on across the entire Southeast, events that might have you sitting there thinking, you know, Maybe I want to get in that car or jump on a plane and go check out some of these great events and festivals. All that coming up in hour number two. If you want to connect to us here on the Y'all Show, it is easy to do that. The Old Town Spaghetti Store hotline is 731-423-8101. Or if you'd like to text us, the Man's Record Service text line, 731-277-5155. Before we dive into the big national headlines going on today, I want to let you know that it looks like a 12th House speaker vote is underway or just about to start on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. Twelve votes now to decide Speaker of the House. It, uh, keeps, it just keeps going on and on and on. Well, we'll move away from that as they try to figure out what they're doing on Capitol Hill. Just down the street on Pennsylvania Avenue, it appears Joe Biden knows what he's going to do. At least on Sunday, he knows what he's going to do as the president is going to visit El Paso, Texas. The visit to the border is the president's first since taking office two years ago. Can you imagine with all the drama that we've seen on the border in two years of being president, Joe Biden has not gone down there and his border czar, Kamala Harris, really made a mockery of her one visit. She went to the El Paso area, too, I think it was, and barely even saw the border. They've essentially, this administration has ignored the border, unlike the previous administration. And you know what? It's been a disaster, and it keeps being a disaster. And with the El Paso mayor and more coming out saying they're looking for help from Washington on this, it looks like the president may be heeding their warning or or their help as he announced that it's going to be his first visit. The White House said Biden will travel to El Paso and will, quote, assess border enforcement operations 
and meet with local elected officials and community leaders who have been important partners in managing the historical number of migrants fleeing political oppression and gang violence in Venezuela, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Cuba. Notice they didn't say Mexico on there. Notice they didn't say another reason these people might be running to Texas and to the U.S. is because of all the uh, freebies that are likely to come their way. It may not just be because of the, the problems within their own country. The president says the United States will allow up to 30,000 people from those countries to come to the United States each month as long as they apply from their home countries, have a sponsor in this country, and also pass a security screening. Again, Joe Biden set to make his first trip to the border since taking office two years ago, and that's going to happen Sunday when he goes to El Paso, Texas. Out of Columbia, South Carolina, a news item there, the Supreme Court of South Carolina has struck down that state's new abortion ban as the Supreme Court on Thursday struck this down after just six weeks, struck down a ban on abortion after six weeks, ruling the restriction enacted by the, the Palmetto State violates a state constitutional right to privacy. That decision marked a big victory for abortion rights advocates in South Carolina that suddenly for, were forced to find safeguards at the state level, and this all follows what happened last summer with the overturning of Roe versus Wade in June. With federal abortion protections gone, Planned Parenthood in South Carolina sued back in July under that state's constitution rights to privacy. Restrictions in other states are also facing challenges, such as a matter of religious freedom. But uh, yes, in South Carolina, Although Henry McMaster signed this thing into law not all that long ago, having a six-week abortion ban, now that's been struck down by the South Carolina State Supreme Court. How about this, this, this story out of Oklahoma? The mother of the Uvalde, Texas shooter suspect. That mother has been arrested, Adriana Reyes, is accused of assault and threatening to kill a man in Oklahoma City, and that's, again, she's the mother of the school shooter suspect that killed all those kids in school last year. Police said that Adriana Reyes identified herself as the mother of the shooter as police confirmed the connection. She was booked into the Oklahoma County Detention Center on the complaints of assault and battery and threatening to perform an act of violence. Again, the mother of that Uvalde, Texas, mass shooter arrested in Oklahoma City this week. Now to Florida, and a jail deputy is accused of selling pot brownies to inmates, <laughs> get this, using Cash App. The deputy allegedly used Cash App to process the transactions. This happened at Hillsborough County, and the sheriff of Hillsborough County, Florida, Chad Cronster, said in a press conference this week that Deputy Terry Bradford, Jr., was arrested on Wednesday after learning from a source that he was being paid by inmates to bring the marijuana lace brownies into the Falkenberg jail. The sheriff said that Bradford arrived at the jail on Wednesday night carrying a pound of the brownies, and he pledged to uphold all that is good and just. His greed got the best of him. That's what the sheriff said. Think about the danger this creates. It can lead to gambling. It can lead to violence. There is an investigation underway, according to the sheriff. 
as they're continuing to see if other employees were involved in which inmates paid for the brownies. How in the world does a person sitting in jail have the ability to pay somebody through Cash App? That's the question <laughs> coming out of Hillsborough County in Florida right now. But uh, marijuana-laced brownies being sold to inmates through Cash App. And uh, I tell you what, there's a lot of people that dine on these things. Someone I know makes these things, and uh, they, they, they swear by them. And uh, I, true, true story, I don't know if this would be considered having one, but I had a pinch of one because I love brownies, and I had just a very, very minute pinch of one of those marijuana brownies. And I'm sure it probably had one one-thousandth of a piece of marijuana in it, but I couldn't help but think it was affecting me, even though I'm sure it wasn't. But, uh, man, I know somebody else who had one and had probably a little bit too much of one of those things. And, and we weren't in jail, by the way. We weren't in Hillsborough County when we had these things. Um, it messed my friend up. He, had, he was not a uh, person that would normally have these kind of things, and he had probably, be, probably a little bit more than he should have. Because evidently, they, to him, they tasted really good. I didn't have enough to even really taste it. But uh, I wasn't going to have a second pinch. I can guarantee you that. But my friend said he would never touch those things again. And here we have a, a jail deputy in Florida selling these pot brownies through a cash app. <laughs> oh, man. The world we live in, y'all. How about this story out of Louisiana? A Dollar General clerk there has shot and killed an armed robber. And now this Dollar General clerk is being charged with manslaughter. This Dollar General store had been targeted by robbers six times since August, and this clerk ended up shooting and killing an armed robber Monday. Rafus Anderson was working at the store in Monroe, Louisiana, when the suspect entered with a weapon, according to a police report. Mr. Anderson fired a shot that struck the suspect as the guy left the store. According to the officers in Monroe, Louisiana, the robber was found lying in the money he had just robbed the store of north of the scene, and that suspect later died in a hospital. And now, the 30-year-old Anderson being charged in connection with fatally shooting this armed robbery, armed robber there in northeast Louisiana. A statement was given from Anderson to the police. It said he was afraid the suspect would kill him and he had... No idea that the suspect was struck by gunfire because he continued to run. He also said the store had been the target of six armed robberies since just August, and he said there were four robberies and two attempted robberies. Now Anderson being charged with manslaughter. He was released on bail Wednesday and is scheduled to appear in court the same day. Again, news out of Louisiana in this case of a Dollar General clerk being charged with manslaughter after killing a robber there. I, I love Dollar General. That's one of the great inventions the South has seen in the last 30 years, 40 years. They're virtually on every corner. And uh, I love the fact that they're so easy and accessible to many of us that live here in the South, especially in the rural portions of our region. But oftentimes these stores are, again, out there on their own in small communities and they may have, at best, two people working in there. Sometimes you only really see one, especially if somebody's back there in the stock room. And just like every other business, Dollar General is struggling to have employees. And so I can see where 
this one store in Monroe had been targeted that many times. And maybe this guy felt for his life and he was packing heat and he pulled out and shot somebody. And that's a, a terrible thing that someone lost their life. But this, the guy being charged now, I'm sure felt like he, he had to do it for his own protection. Don't know all the rules of Louisiana when it comes to stand your ground, as we've seen in Florida throughout the last 20 years with Zimmerman. But, yeah, that story coming out of Louisiana today. To Arkansas and a story coming out of there, the mother of Hunter Biden's child wants the estranged daughter's name changed to Biden. As as you may know, Hunter Biden is the biological father of this four-year-old daughter, and Hunter Biden, the, the mother of this, after DNA testing proved that there, with near scientific certainty that the child was Hunter Biden's, this daughter, the, the daughter's mother, I guess, is the one pushing to have the child's last name to be Biden, court documents show. The girl's mother is London Roberts. She sued Hunter Biden back in 2019 to establish the paternity of her daughter and to order him to pay child support, according to records filed in the Circuit Court of Independence County, Arkansas. The civil case was reopened back in September. While Roberts, who's an Arkansan, wants the Biden family to remain estranged from her daughter, she did file this motion in court requesting her child to bear the Biden name back on December 27th. As a motion states, the Biden name is now synonymous with being well-educated, successful, financially acute, and politically powerful. You know, I think I might change my name to Biden after hearing that. Uh, this child, Roberts and Hunter Biden's daughter, was born August 28, 2018, according to the judge's order establishing the child's paternity. But how about that? If y'all are wanting a name that uh, represents uh, intelligence and power and more, Biden could be the perfect name for you. How about uh, maybe Donald Trump should change his name to Donald Biden. Maybe that would solve a lot of the problems of the world right now if he would do something along those lines. <laughs> now, this is another connection to Arkansas I'll tell you about. This is a, hopefully going to end up being an okay story, but for right now, a very unfortunate story to report on. Do y'all remember former Razorback running back Peyton Hillis? Really, really good, good college football player for the Hogs. Went on to play a little bit with the New York Giants as, as a running back. And uh, just a, a great, great football player. Well, this former NFL player and Arkansas Razorback star is currently in ICU in the Pensacola area. Unfortunately, he is in the ICU because he tried to save some kids' lives. The player in an ICU following the swimming accident in the Pensacola area, according to reports, Peyton Hillis went into the water at a beach in Pensacola to rescue his own children from drowning. He ended up being airlifted to a Pensacola area hospital. And as of the latest I'm getting from Pensacola, he remains unconscious in the ICU. His uncle, Greg Hillis, wrote in a post put on Twitter, I just want to let everyone know on Razorback Nation that Peyton is doing better. He is still in intensive care and having some problems with his kidneys and lungs, but the doctors say he is improving. I just wanted to head off any rumors that may be started. Peyton Hillis is 36 years old. He came out in the 2008 draft and spent time with the Broncos, Browns, Chiefs, and Giants. 
He had 2,832 rushing yards, over 1,000 receiving yards, and he scored 26 touchdowns and ended up being on the cover of the Madden 2012 video game. What a career. I didn't realize he was in the league that, that long. Peyton Hillis, who played for Houston Nutt when Nutt coached the Razorbacks in the ICU in the Pensacola area, we wish him a speedy recovery. And, of course, our thoughts still with the Buffalo Bills player who is making progress there with his heart attacks that he had this week on the field. We wish him all the best. Back to the Trump administration. Do y'all remember Kelly Craft? She's a Kentucky native and was the U.N. ambassador. I think she was the U.N. ambassador after Nikki Haley left in the Trump administration. This former ambassador to the U.N., who um, kind of has been shying away from her former boss of recent, she has announced that she is uh, filing for the governor of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. A longtime GOP activist, Kelly Craft, vowed to combat the state's relentless drug addiction problems. If she's elected governor, she would be going up, I guess, against Bashir. I'm not sure that he's announced that he's running again, but uh, he's a Democrat, and I guess this would be his second term if re-elected Andy Bashir. Also this week, two other Republicans filed for the governor's race of Kentucky, State Agricultural Commissioner Ryan Quarles and the mayor of Somerset, Kentucky, Alan Keck. So a couple people putting their hat in the ring to run for May, uh, rather, governor of the Commonwealth of Kentucky, which, unlike most southern states, has a Democrat as the chief executive of that state. A, a really disturbing story out of the Nashville area. A Grammy Award winner is wanted for kidnapping his wife and stepdaughter, killed in an officer-involved shooting in the Hermitage area of Nashville. Police say that 54-year-old Mark Capps who was wanted for kidnapping his wife and stepdaughter at gunpoint, ended up getting into this fight and, and a battle with a SWAT officer at his hermitage home that's east of Nashville and was shot dead. He was wanted on an aggravated assault and kidnapping charge. The four-time Grammy-winning sound engineer killed their Metro Police of Nashville, taking him down at his home on Summit Run Place in the Hermitage area. Caps work with acts like Big and Rich, Alabama, Blake Shelton, and Vince Gill. According to police, his brother died just two days ago. I'm not sure if that had a direct connection to the reason he was wanted for kidnapping his wife and stepdaughter, but this officer-involved shooting in the Nashville area takes this Grammy winner now dead as a result of this 54-year-old Mark Caps. To the Louisiana area, and a man is arrested as a result, arrested in Houston as a result of the fatal shooting of comedian Boogie B. And that shooting happened in downtown New Orleans last month. Brandon Boogie B. Montrell was fatally shot, and now 20 year old Jabril Cowart has been taken into custody by officers with the New Orleans Police Department and members of the U.S. Marshals Service. Montreal was a 43-year-old New Orleans native who moved to California to pursue a career in entertainment, and he was killed on December 23rd as he sat in a parked car in the 700 block of Barone Street in the central business district of the Big Easy. 
Investigators did not believe that he was the intended target in the shooting, and now an arrest made in his fatal shooting. And lastly, how about this young man out of Arkansas? He's fresh on the job. 18-year-old Jalen Smith is the youngest mayor in all of the United States. And he took office just the other day. And guess what? Mayor Jalen Smith, Earl, Arkansas, you got your hands full there, big fella. <laughs> uh, Earl's undergoing a bunch of flooding. And he's being flooded by floods in his first week on the job. And there's been a lot of flash flooding and more for the mayor. Mayor, mayor Smith, Jalen Smith, 18 years old, got a tough job ahead. He won his election, by the way, last year by around 50 votes. It was a close election there in Earl, Arkansas, but uh, he ended up prevailing. Eight, how would you like to have a mayor that's 18 years old? Well, that's what Earl, Arkansas has, and we wish Jalen Smith all the best leading that town, and he's got his hands full. Again, especially this week, first week on the job, and he's dealing with flash floods and more in that city in the natural state. Well, that wraps up our headlines. Let's go and check a few texts while we're able to and see what all y'all are having to say about what's going on around the world of the South right now. Texter here says, Joe Biden don't mean all the great things you just read. It means... Everything right opposite of what you read, very negative description, okay? Thank you for your feedback. And that's the only one I'm seeing coming in right now. So thank you. Again, if y'all want to reach us here, text line 731-277-5155 is how you can do it. We'll take a break here. We're going to shift over after the timeout and talk a little sports as we've got college football's national championship getting ready to be kicked off Monday night in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. We've got that to talk about, plus the NFL's regular season winds down this weekend. Is your favorite team going to make the cut? We'll let you know all about it here as the show all about the South, including news and sports and food and politics and conversation continues. This is Y'all with John Rawls. Stay tuned. make your day fly from McKellar sites to anywhere in the world with easier connections in Atlanta avoid the long TSA lines at Hartsfield with screening now at McKellar sites in Jackson land at gate E37 with Tokyo to your left and Orlando to your right it's easy when you fly directly into America's biggest hub Southern Airways has put Jackson back on the map we're ready to welcome you aboard book now at iflysouthern.com
This is your 101.5 News Brief. A longtime West Tennessee musician and journalist has died in an apparent murder-suicide. The bodies of 70-year-old Steve Short and his wife Susan were found in their home in Milan on Thursday morning. Milan Police Chief Bobby Sellers says evidence indicates that Short was shot several times before Susan Short turned a gun on herself. However, the investigation is ongoing. Steve Short was with the Milan Mirror Exchange for 40 years as a newspaper reporter and associate editor and as a talented keyboard player. Short entertained with numerous musicians in the area. There is more on the story at WNWS.com. In Nashville, a Grammy winner has been killed by a Metro police officer. 54-year-old sound engineer Mark Capps was wanted for aggravated assault, kidnapping, and threatening his wife and stepdaughter. Capps had worked with Blake Shelton, Vince Gill, Alabama, and other country greats. Jackson City Councilman Paul Taylor will not seek re-election. Taylor says while he's been honored to serve, he feels it's a good time to step down a way to focus on his family and pursue personal goals. A Jackson Dance Studio now offers classes for students who are wheelchair bound and for those with other special needs. Rhythm Works classes are forming at Pat Brown School of Dance for ages first grade through adults with autism, cerebral palsy, ADHD, and other learning differences. You can see their Facebook page for details. That's your 101.5 News Brief. I'm Julie. This is University of Tennessee football coach Josh Heupel reminding you that drinking and driving is a bad call. The winning game plan is to choose a designated driver. Remember, you have a choice. If you drink, don't drive. If you do, you will go to jail. A DUI can cost you $10,000, but more importantly, it can cost you your life or someone else's. That's not worth the risk. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. What sets Crylic Elite apart? Abundant resources. Driven and determined. Honest and trustworthy. We're always available. Confidence. Communication. Ethical. Dependable. We answer the phone. Strong Crylic corporate supports. We truly represent our client. Decades of experience and true leadership. Electric cars come in all shapes and sizes, but they have one thing in common. They save you money. Just imagine every time you're stopping at the gas station, I'm saving money because I'm passing the time. I've not changed the brake pads at all in this car. You don't have to change the oil. There's a lot less maintenance required and a lot less expenditures. It costs me roughly $20 a month to charge my car. Visit driveelectrictn.org for more information. Welcome back in to Y'all Talk with an Accent on Everything Southern. And it's good to be back with you here as we wrap up a week of Southern Conversation. Friendly reminder, hour two today, we're going to walk you through some of the social media goings-on of the Southland. Plus, we will take a, a nice gander at all the weekend fun that you can find across the Southeast, courtesy of festivals and other musical events and just a lot of of fun stuff going on this weekend. If you're bored sitting there and you're trying to avoid all the honeydews, then listen up in hour two. I'll give you a good primer for being a bad boy or a bad girl this weekend <laughs> and putting things off that you might not want to be putting off, but you, you just, you know, you need that reward for goodness sakes. We've come through a, a holiday season now and it's time to, it's time to, yeah, you know, focus on yourself because chances are, Christmas was with a lot of family members and things like that, and maybe you had 
parties and such to go to for New Year's weekend. And so this weekend, the first full weekend of the new year, spoil yourself. I won't tell. Go out there. Do it. I dare you. <laughs> One way you can spoil yourself is sitting on the couch maybe this weekend and catching the last regular season of NFL football. And speaking of the National Football League, a good story to report on DeMar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills defensive player who had two heart attacks on the field in Cincinnati this week. According to reports, his breathing tube has been removed. That's fantastic news. And also, it looks like he's FaceTimed his Buffalo Bills teammates from his hospital room. So that's just fantastic. DeMar Hamlin, maybe this story is going to turn out to be a good story after such a – I mean, it's not going to be totally good. We wish this never would have happened, but it looks like that he's been able to FaceTime his the teammates that he has there of the Bills. And how about the thing that came out when he – his first words, I think, are, did we win the ball game? <laughs> he was worried about winning that game against the Bengals. The 24-year-old is talking to loved ones – and he was able to do that FaceTime with the Bills saying, love you boys, during their team meeting on Friday. Doctors on Thursday shared that the removing they've removed the breathing tube and it would be an important step forward for Hamlin, who they hope can return home with his family as soon as possible. You know, they had to do CPR on him during the game on Monday. And uh, what a turnaround. We hope it's going to continue to be this kind of good news for this young man in the coming days. The game, by the way, the Bills and Bengals game, has been officially announced as it's going to be determined by a winning percentage, and the game actually won't be resumed. They won't have a makeup, so there will be one less game on the schedule, but the winner, I guess the team with the better winning percentage will be factored in into the playoff seeding when that is determined here in a couple of hours because, frankly, we're at the final weekend of the NFL schedule. And just to give you an update on what's going on here on this weekend's football lineup, you got two games on Saturday. And one's going to feature the Kansas City Chiefs at the Vegas Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. That's going to be a mid-afternoon game on ESPN. The primetime game on ABC is going to be ABC, ESPN. I think both have this thing. I think it's going to really be a big game as the Tennessee Titans are going to be going down to Tia Bank Field in Jacksonville. And this game will be to decide who's going to make the playoff and who's not because the winner will be your AFC South champion and your loser is going to be sitting at home and they'll be done. Dunzo for the year. And thinking about this game, what a job that the the Jaguars have been able to do, especially Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we knew this kid was good coming out of Clemson, but I was just in Jacksonville last weekend, and you see Trevor Lawrence stuff everywhere. Uh, billboards. I went to the beach there at Jacksonville Beach. There's a couple of cutouts of him around town. He's He's got it going on in Jacksonville. You know what? You get it going on when you turn your season around. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, to their credit, got rid of Urban Meyer, brought in a Super Bowl winning coach, 
Got people like Travis Etienne running in the backfield like he did at Clemson, doing good there. They've brought in other playmakers. They seem to be fairly healthy. You know, they had a rough start to the season, but they're they're trending in the right direction. And this could be a very dangerous team. Meanwhile, complete opposite story coming out of Nashville. The Titans go down to Jacksonville. They had this division. I mean, it was one. It was there. And they have absolutely wet the bed the last two months. Now, injury is a part of that. Derrick Henry's been gone. He's coming back this weekend. But Tannehill's still gone with injury. And they're going to be relying on former Tennessee Vol quarterback Joshua Dobbs to lead this offense at Tia Bankfield. It's not looking good for Tennessee. The Titans will be lucky to win this game. Jacksonville is a dangerous team. And, again, if they win this game, not only do they win the AFC South, they'll be hosting the first round of the playoffs as a division winner. Those are your two NFL games on Saturday. Now, moving over to Sunday, a full lineup because other than the two Saturday games, full lineups, there's no Monday night football since the regular season ends this weekend. So here's your breakdown. Your NFC South champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, will be at Mercedes-Benz taking on the Atlanta Falcons. That's an early game on Fox. Buffalo Bills and New England get together early game. Minnesota will be at the Chicago Bears. The Ravens will be traveling to Cincinnati to take on Mr. Burrow at Paycor Stadium on the banks of the Ohio. The Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts have an early game on Sunday. The New York Jets, who looked like they had been turning it around this season, they absolutely stumbled last week. They're out of the playoffs. Miami's got a glimmer of hope. The Dolphins host the Jets in this rivalry game on Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium. Panthers and New Orleans, they're both out of the playoffs. They get together at Caesars Superdome in an early game Sunday. The Browns and Steelers tangle in an early game as well on Sunday. Your late game Sunday feature the Chargers and the Denver Broncos. The New York football giants, they're playoff bound. They're going to be taking on their fellow playoff bound foe in the Philadelphia Eagles at the link there along the banks of the Delaware River. The Arizona Cardinals will be at San Francisco taking on the the division-winning 49ers. You have the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champs. They won't be coming close to a Super Bowl this year. Rams are going to be traveling out to Seattle to take on the Seahawks late afternoon on Sunday. And the boys of Dallas and the Washington Commanders get together for a game on Sunday afternoon. Your Sunday night game features the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. This game will have playoff implications because the NFC North still has two teams vying for a wild card. You do have right now, according to my numbers here, the Vikings have clinched the division, yes. But there's a couple of teams still trying to get out there and, and, and get that last wild card. And those teams that are fighting for that last wild card include the Lions and Packers who get together Sunday. Then you also have the Seahawks, the Seahawks with a, a very, very small chance. I think the way it breaks down, if the Packers beat the Lions, they're in. If the Lions win, they need the Seahawks to lose. So the Seahawks will control their own destiny if the Packers lose on Sunday. So that's how the NFC breaks down from a wild card. Teams that have already clinched your division winners 
actually the NFC East is still out there. That that division has not been determined yet. Eagles and Cowboys, one of those two will win after Sunday's games. So one of those will be a wild card, obviously. The Giants are also in. The Commanders are out. They did not they're the only NFC East team that have missed the playoffs. NFC North, as I said, the Vikings have won that division. Lions and Packers both trying to fight and get a spot. Bears are out. NFC South's easy. The Buccaneers won that division. Everybody else is going to be sitting at home watching. And in the NFC West, the Niners won the division while the Seahawks are trying to get a wild card. Rams and Cardinals are out. Moving over to the AFC. AFC East, the Bills have won the division. Congratulations. They've had a great year, even despite the horrible scene in Cincinnati this week. Great year. You've got two teams in that division that still have a glimmer of hope. Patriots and Dolphins this last weekend will determine which one of those maybe make the wild card bid. The Jets officially eliminated. In the AFC North, the Bengals won the division. The Ravens have clinched a wild card. The Steelers with a very, very small chance of making the playoffs if things work out for them this weekend. They will make that wild card happen. And then in the AFC South, you got the Jaguars and Titans, winner of that game, wins the division. The loser, I'm pretty sure, is going to be out. But I haven't totally got all the scenarios of losing and winning and who makes it. But uh, that's the overall view. If your team's won the division, kudos, congratulations, enjoy the playoffs. Again, those playoff games are next weekend. This weekend, the final regular season of the NFL now to college football. We've got the national championship game going on from SoFi Stadium on Sunday, uh, rather Monday night, TCU and Georgia. And I just want to take this moment to remind you, if you can't quite wait till mm, Monday night around 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock, and you're just dying to get your fix of football, well, you know what? you kind of are in luck because there's going to be a national championship game Sunday afternoon. It will feature the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State and the Bison of North Dakota State from Toyota's, Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas. It's the FCS championship, and ABC is where you'll see this game. How about North Dakota State? This team has won so many national championships. I'm, I'm thinking they've won in the last decade every single year except two times. Sam Houston State won it a couple of years ago during the spring edition of the FCS. And James Madison won it about four or five years ago. And besides that, two, those two times, I think North Dakota State's won about seven or eight national championships in the last decade. And they've had coaches move on, for example, the coach that won a couple of their ended up being the K-State coach. And other than getting killed by Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, uh, the Wildcats and his time there in Manhattan have been pretty darn good times for K-State fans. But, yes, it's the FCS National Championship and a game that matters. It may be FCS, but it's still great football and, 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 and football maybe without all the NIL money, maybe football the way it used to be. You can tune in ABC Sunday and check out these neighbors, these teams that 
I'm sure have a rivalry game between them since they're the Dakota States, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, ABC, Sunday afternoon. Love it. Love to watch this game. And it's usually a sold-out deal there in Frisco, around 25,000, 30,000 people check this game out each year when that happens. Some transfer news out of the SEC. A USC player is going to USC. As a Gamecock is going to be a Trojan. Marshawn Lloyd, a top running back for Shane Beamer's Gamecock team, has announced that he's entering the transfer portal and is going to be taking his talent from Columbia to Westwood. He led the Gamecocks in rushing this season. He announced his commitment earlier today. Marshawn Lloyd rushed for 573 yards and nine touchdowns. He also was a receiving threat. He had 18 receptions for 176 yards, two touchdowns in the 2022 season. He's a Delaware native and was ESPN's number 56 overall recruit in the 2020 class. And now out in uh, Lincoln Riley's Trojan program, he will help offset the loss there of Travis Dye, a leading rusher for that program. So USC benefits from a USC player, or it was once U of SC. Now they've gone back to USC there in the SEC USC. And he's following the same path that my niece once had. She was a USC Columbia student who decided, you know, I think I want to go to that other USC. So she transferred to that one out in California. She got a free ride in Columbia. She didn't get quite a free ride out there in Tinseltown. <laughs> and uh, my brother wasn't too happy about that. But, you know, when you have children and they want to go to their college, you, I guess you got to support them. I didn't have to pay for it. And you know what the sad thing is? She uh, graduated from USC, and she's not even that big of a fan of the Trojans. That gummin, if you're going to be paying that kind of money and going all the way out there, you at least ought to get one of those really cool USC sweatshirts, the, I guess maroon and gold or whatever their colors are, the men of Troy. All right, let's me, let, let me tell you quickly about uh, Monday. We'll be here on Monday to break down the national championship game, but uh, just my thoughts. What a job Sonny Dykes has done. He actually won the national coach of the year head coach of the TCU Horn Frogs. And I am telling you, somebody asked me the other day, who you got in the TCU-Georgia game? I'm going Horn Frogs, man. Did you see what they did to their opponent in Michigan? Michigan, most everybody was pulling, thinking that Michigan was going to easily win that game against the Horn Frogs. And you just couldn't stop TCU. They found a way when they when – they, had a, a little bit of a nick. They found a way to heal it up real quick and pour on the the weapons, the points. Max Dugan, the quarterback, great, great quarterback, a Heisman finalist. And right when Michigan thought they had the momentum, TCU just knocked them upside the head with that long touchdown. I know Georgia's good. Stetson Bennett, in my opinion, probably should have won the Heisman. I mean, the guy's an underdog the ultimate underdog. I mean, he was a walk-on. And he's from a Georgia football family that essentially got overlooked. Nobody else would have ever probably offered him a scholarship in the SEC, likely. And this guy is the stud dog. And my goodness, he's 
Now, he could run for Senate in Georgia and win, unlike another former Georgia Bulldog uh, of recent. <laughs> but, yes, the this is going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to it Monday night. And we'll preview it all before we get to that point on Monday of the Georgia TCU game. So we want to hear your thoughts on it. But, unfortunately, it means the end of college football when that one's in the books come Monday night. And we'll get ready for, you know, it'll be here before you know it between spring football and you have the early signing, the, actually not the early, the, the second signing day would be the first Wednesday in the month of February. And I know a lot of people are keeping their eyes on, on, the, on the traditional powers. I'm keeping my eye on the Colorado Buffaloes. I love what Deion Sanders at least is talking. We'll see if what he can do out there is equal to what he did at Jackson State. But, yes the Colorado Buffaloes under coach Deion Sanders is they got, you know who they played their first game of 2023. They could be playing the defending national champion. They've got a game with TCU to open up the 2023 schedule, Buffaloes and Horned Frogs. And I think that's at a neutral site. I think, I think, but yeah, that's the way to start out 2023. Let me grab a few texts here before we wrap up this first hour of y'all. Texter says here, uh, talking about Earl, Arkansas earlier in the show, only about 1,800 people in Earl, Arkansas. He should be fine, mostly elderly folks, and I'm sure he's getting advised by his grandparents and parents. I've been to Earl quite a bit, and it's real close. It's a real close-knit town. It reminds me of a town back in the 1970s. Thank you for that. Again, if you missed it earlier in the headlines across the southeast, the new mayor of Earl, Arkansas, has taken over, and he is 18 years old. He is the youngest mayor in all of the country right now, and Earl got hit with some flooding here in the last couple of days. Also, uh, Texter says, Monster Energy Supercross also starts their season Saturday night on Peacock. Okay, I was talking about NFL. Hey, y'all don't forget, Monster Energy Supercross their brand new season debuts Saturday, Saturday, Saturday night on Peacock. Thank you for that. I didn't know where that stuff was. You know, I've not been to any of that kind of stuff. I need to go to one of those big monster truck things. I've actually taken the time to try to find one near me and just couldn't find one worth, I guess, going to because I wasn't sure if it was the real one. I don't know if there's like the NFL of monster trucks. This is, you're talking about Supercross. Uh, it's it's something you it's probably something you need to do. To my credit, I got to get my redneck credentials here. To my credit, I have been to a tractor pool, so I think that's something everybody should do at least once. Here is a text coming in on the text line seven three one two seven seven fifty one fifty five. Texture says, "Any idea on how long? Uh, any idea on how the cancellation of the Bills game affects the playoffs?" I'm at work, so I apologize if I missed it earlier. I did kind of cover that. The The leagues come out and say it's going to be based on winning percentage, and I still haven't seen a really easy breakdown of the playoff scenarios. The good news is the Bills were already going to be in the playoffs, and the Bengals already. I mean, they've already won their division. Um, so this game really, the outcome of what would have happened Monday night between the Bills and Bengals in a lot of ways, might be more important to the game, the teams that were not playing. And as we said, there's some teams right now, like the Steelers, that had that glimmer of possibly getting into the playoffs if things 
work out. Remember, we had a couple of ties this year in the NFLs, and it actually started on the first week of the season between the Colts and the Texans, and we had a couple of other, I think, at least one other tie. And and I know it's always been funny when they talk about playoff scenarios in, in, in the NFL, they mention, like, ties and things. But here's a case where a tie matters because it could determine if a team makes the playoffs or not. And see, the NFL clearly spells this stuff out of how you make the playoffs, and now we're wanting to expand the college football playoff where they don't have ties in college football. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. That's a, an idea for another day, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, NFL regular season winding down, and then it'll be playoff time. Let's go to the phone lines before we wrap up this hour real quick. Hello, welcome into the Y'all Show. Well, hello, John Boy. Oh, I'm bringing you in with the t- clock winding down. Hello, welcome in, sir. You are Rick. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, by the way, did you announce to everybody, all your listeners, uh, that the Great Wolf Lodge is built for ages three years old to eight years old? No, I did not announce that. Well, you need to because that's the fact, Jack. Okay. Um and also, it's not a successful operation, John. They've uh, they used to charge two hundred and sixty dollars a night for the little made-up concrete swimming pool, but uh, it's a wade pool for little people. So if you got like um, age nine or ten year olds, they're not going to be happy campers, John. If you drop them into the Great Wolf Lodge because it's it's built for baby you, baby. It's babyish. You know, uh, you probably need to Google. And if you got any commercial real estate moguls in your life, you might want to call them at a location where this uh, little fake deal has already been built. Because I did my homework in Colorado Springs, and it's kind of like a half-baked um, concrete facade but it's not for grown-ups it's not it's not an adult water park at all it's for ages three to eight so unless unless you can shrink sea bass into a space that a three to eight year old can fit in he is restricted from using the water facilities when they get around to borrowing the money and finding supplies, okay. which is two years from now. Hopefully, it won't be built. Hopefully, John, you'll have influence with the Chamber of Non-Commerce, yeah. and they will build a Bucky's. See, we need a Bucky's along I-40. Yeah, I like I like a concrete swimming pool. Yeah, I like Bucky's. Texture here says, Rick has no idea about Great Wolf, completely wrong, and he is an absolute blowhard idiot. No, no, actually, Dummy, if you have a computer, you need to look it up, and that way you'll be factually correct like me. But, see, you've got some callers, uh, they always shooting off at the mouth, acting like they, you know, they're bringing in the great Taj Mahal, and it just never works out like that around here, John Boy. John Boy. Is that my new name? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you want a good hamburger, you need to go to Clarksville, Tennessee. Oh, really? Oh. Okay. Yeah, that's where you need to go. And not only that, 
but um, you probably uh, need to go to the rodeo in Martin, Tennessee, in the middle of the month. So that's the new location for the, the uh, Cooper Town Cooper uh, Cooper Tire. Event, yeah, it's no longer going to be in the Ullman Arena because the mayor of Jackson he opened up the back door in the winter time when they came in here last year, so they won't be back to your Ullman Arena. Rick, we got to go. We're out of time in hour number one of y'all talk with an accent on everything Southern. We'll do it again in hour two. We will talk about festivals. Rick, you need to head off somewhere else and enjoy a festival this weekend. We'll do it all right here and have hashtag Hubaloo. This is y'all. Asia Garden voted Jackson's best sushi and Asian restaurant serving Jackson and West Tennessee for over 37 years. Walk into our dining room and know you're going to be served the absolute best Asian dishes from our expansive menu. You can also order... Electric cars come in all shapes and sizes, but they have one thing in common. They save you money. Just imagine every time you're stopping at the gas station, I'm saving money because I'm passing you by. I have not changed the brake pads at all in this car. You don't have to change the oil. There's a lot less maintenance required and a lot less expenditures. It costs me roughly $20 a month to charge my car. Visit driveelectrictn.org for more information on how you can save money with your own electric car. In today's world... Ashley, come to the office. Run this to the bank. Yes, sir. Sending an employee to the bank is a dangerous practice. Call MaxGuard and ask about their armed courier service. Deposits, documents, and more. Picked up and delivered anywhere safely. MaxGuard is the area's only regionally owned and operated security guard service. Call 427-7222 or visit MaxGuard.com. Operated for 20 years. Real Foot Metal is coverage you can count on. Property owners, architects, or contractors. Real Foot Metal has the products and services for residential, commercial, and industrial needs. Real Foot Metal proudly serving West Tennessee. Regular patrols of your commercial or residential properties can dramatically deter crime potential. Random patrol checks economically provide security and deter crime. MaxGuard is the area's only regionally owned and operated security guard service. Call 427-7222 or visit MaxGuard.com. At Southern Airways, we fly to make your day. 
fly from McKellar Sipes to anywhere in the world with easier connections in Atlanta. Avoid the long TSA lines at Hartsfield with screening now at McKellar Sipes in Jackson. Land at gate E37 with Tokyo to your left and Orlando to your right. It's easy when you fly directly into America's biggest hub. Southern Airways has put Jackson back on the map. We're ready to welcome you aboard. Book now at iFlySouthern.com. This is your 101.5 News Brief. A longtime West Tennessee musician and journalist has died in an apparent murder-suicide. The bodies of 70-year-old Steve Short and his wife Susan were found in their home in Milan on Thursday morning. Milan Police Chief Bobby Sellers says evidence indicates that Short was shot several times before Susan Short turned a gun on herself. However, the investigation is ongoing. Steve Short was with the Milan Mirror Exchange for 40 years as a newspaper reporter and associate editor and as a talented keyboard player, Short entertained with numerous musicians in the area. There is more on the story at WNWS.com. In Nashville, a Grammy winner has been killed by a Metro police officer, 54-year-old sound engineer Mark. Be best. Visit OmahaSteaks.com, get 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code TREAT at checkout to get that extra $40 off your order. Minimum If you've got a little y'all in your draw, then you have the right radio show and podcast lined up right now. It's called Y'all, and my name is John Rawl. That's right, rhymes with y'all, y'all. And for the next hour, we'll be wrapping up this week with Southern Conversation. And we love to promote and, and talk all about the South. And if you're a Southerner, you should feel right at home. And if you're a Southerner at heart, you ought to feel right at home. And if you're a Southern hater... Well, we're going we're going to get that changed if you just give us the opportunity. Because on this show, we give you the news and notes across the southeast. We talk about sports, we talk about politics, we talk about entertainment news, we discuss cultural things, we talk about food and fun, and uh, and we might even talk talk bad about you if you if you if you've been a bad boy or girl. But we try to avoid that. But we will. Don't don't think we're not above it. So we do it all right here. If you want to get involved, our number is 731-423-8101. Our text line 731-277-5155. This hour of y'all is brought to you by, or this segment brought to you by Asia Garden. And Asia Garden voted Jackson's Best Sushi and Asian Restaurant. Dine with them and support a family business that's been open for 37 years. They've got a big, big menu and a bunch of different price points, a lot of affordable things there with premium ingredients. And when you go there, you'll see that the stuff is huge. I mean, they don't do it small at Asia Garden. It's big time. Great portion sizes. Give them a call. 731-668-9024. You also can order online, Asia Garden Jackson. 
AsiaGardenJackson.com. That's the they have their own app, but the best way to order is online, AsiaGardenJackson.com. They use their own drivers if you get them to deliver. They've been delivering for over 10 years, and because they're a small business, they can keep fees to a minimum. Asia Garden, big, big food, great, great price. Remember, think local, think Asia Garden. Quick check on what's going on in Washington, D.C. They are having their 12th vote right now if you're catching us live, and it looks like a couple of hardliners that have been voting no are flipping for Kevin McCarthy. He's been making concessions. He's got more concessions than you'll find over there on the corner of a high school football field on a Friday night. That would be called a concession stand. Kevin McCarthy, he's got plenty of his stuff, except I don't think it comes with hot dogs, hamburgers, and um, drinks. But, yes, it looks like he might. He might prevail. We'll see. I'll keep you posted if he ends up if he ends up getting the was it uh, 218 needed as the 118th U.S. Congress right now still in limbo. They got to have a speaker before they can proceed. We'll see what happens. That's the news out of Washington D.C. Other news, as we told you, hour one recapping: Joe Biden will be in El Paso Sunday. It will be his first trip to the border since he took over as president in 2021. Today is also the second anniversary of the attack on the U.S. Capitol, January 6, 2021, the day that roughly 700 to 1,000 people went up the Capitol steps, broke windows, went inside the Capitol, caused disruption. But you know what? The country prevailed. The, the, the building withstood the, uh, the attack. And they were able to do their business, although delayed a couple hours later, and the country continued on. And those who were bad people that day, many have already been in jail. Some are awaiting their sentencing. You don't break into federal buildings. I wonder how many of those same people that uh, broke into the federal buildings, the, the roughly 500 or more, I don't even remember, I lost count, during the Black Lives Matter protests. I wonder how many of them went to jail. I'm still wondering about that one, but uh, these other people have been enemy number one of the country for two years, and they should go to jail. Don't, 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 uh, underest- or don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but my goodness, I think a lot of those other people that broke in and did a lot more damage uh, in other buildings around the country, have, they've, had their, they've actually had their stuff thrown out of court, if you go back and look it up, and I did that. I forgot, there were about 20 people that lost their lives during those protests of 2020. Look it up sometime. It's been completely forgotten about by most sources. But, yeah, if we're going to keep reliving January 6th, and we should, that's a bad day. It's a bad thing that happened. We can't forget what happened for months leading up to that. Just saying. Otherwise, other news stories to date uh, that I want to tell you about. The mother of the Uvalde school shooter has been arrested in Oklahoma City, Adriana Reyes, accused of assault and threatening to kill a man, and she's behind bars there in Oklahoma. Also in Louisiana, a Dollar General clerk's uh, there, a Dollar General clerk there in Monroe, Louisiana, has been arrested and charged with manslaughter after he shot and killed an armed robber at that store in Monroe, Louisiana. Terrible, terrible, terrible story coming out of Monroe, Louisiana. Former NFL player Peyton Hillis, a former Arkansas Razorback player as well, he's in ICU 
in the Pensacola area after he tried to save his kids from drowning at a beach there on the Gulf Coast of, of, of Florida in recent days. We wish him all the best. Peyton Hillis, great player for both the Hogs and many teams in the NFL, including the New York football giants. A member of the Trump administration who was the U.N. ambassador, she's now filed for Kentucky governor. She's a Republican. Former U.S. ambassador to the U.N. Kelly Craft is among three Republicans that filed for governor of Kentucky on Thursday. In Nashville, a Grammy winner has been killed by Nashville SWAT officers. 54-year-old Mark Capps was shot after he was wanted on an aggravated assault and kidnapping charge. It appears that SWAT went to his home and Capps went to the door with a gun and ignored two commands to drop the weapon, and that's when he was fired upon and killed by a member of Metro Nashville Police. Capps worked with names like Big and Rich, Blake Shelton, Vince Gill, and Alabama. Grammy-winning engineer, music producer, killed in the Nashville area. And there's been an arrest in Houston for the fatal shooting of a comedian, Boogie B. He was killed last month, and now a 20-year-old Jabril Cowart taken into custody by officers as he was wanted for the December killing of Brandon Boogie B. Montrell, a comedian. 43-year-old Montrell was a New Orleans native who moved to California to pursue his career in entertainment. He was killed on December 23rd while he was sitting in a parked car in the central business district of New Orleans, and now an arrest made in his murder. It is a weekend that we welcome that in, first weekend in uh, January. We're hoping it will be a uh, good weekend for all y'all, weather-wise. That's the report I got on the weather. Let's check some text before we get into hashtag hullabaloo today. Texter, going back to our call right before hour one, came to a conclusion. Texter says, tell Big Rick to go to Colorado and leave Jackson. Okay, I'll, I'll pass that along because he was talking about Colorado Springs before we cut him off. You know, he called right when the hour was wrapping up. Maybe that's a good thing. Let's see. Uh, going back to Great Wolf Lodge, I think the Texter says they made $300 million last year. I don't have their books. I'll just have to take your word for it. Texter says, great for a mute button on my radio. <laughs> Thank you. The thing about Rick, and I'm going to tell all of you, uh, Rick uh, is, is mad about this Great Wolf Lodge. Well, we have a lot of listeners and viewers of our show who could care less about Great Wolf Lodge, and they really probably could care less about where this Great Wolf Lodge might be going to. They never even heard of this area. So, Rick, just keep that in mind on this show. Um, Try to keep it more of a national or regional focus, if you don't mind, on this show, please. And that really might pertain to everybody. Texter here says, Scatterbrain Rick, can you focus on one subject even though you're wrong about any subject you choose to speak on, okay? Uh, Rick gets the calls and texts definitely when he, when he makes interaction with yours truly and, and likely all other shows too. Texter says how miserable it must be to have an outlook on life like Rick uh, does. Yeah, okay. Thank you for that. Let's see here. Texter, in reference to what I was just talking about, the January 6th anniversary and all of the hundreds of riots and 
crimes made for that when the social justice movements were going on around the country. Texter here says, Black Lives Matter has exempt status with Biden and the mob running the White House at the present time. Probably so. Again, I don't want to be the one telling you this. You can do your own research. Just simply Google all the Black Lives Matter. I think you can Google Black Lives Matter protests, and it breaks down all the different cities that had uh, 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 all the crazy stuff that was going on. I mean, here's a, here's a word you probably haven't heard in two years now. Chop. Y'all remember Chop out in Seattle? And how crazy that was, and, and and I mean, I wonder, I wonder if anybody paid a penalty for what the world they did when they uh, took over that crazy city. You know, that's one thing. I don't think we got any chops or, or chans or whatever they called them. That remember they changed your name during when all that was going on there in Seattle, on the left coast. Texter here says, "Great to hear y'all back on 101.5. Keep on with y'all's show." Well, thank you very much. We've been on various radio stations, various signals through the years. Right now, for many of you, our flagship 101.5, we appreciate you tuning in. And tell somebody, we do a little bit different kind of show. We're a regional show. We're a show that you can learn about all of the southern states, states that you probably go to, you have family in, maybe you're from those other areas. But in many ways, we talk about southern culture, and it doesn't matter where you are geographically, the south, we, we try to... We try to bring you all together. We're like one big family reunion here on this show. So that's what we do different than any other show, any place. And that's why y'all is available on podcast. You can get it if you have an iTunes. You can go to the podcast app. It's available in other places. Just search for the app. If you want to listen to us, check that out. Listen to us on demand, the Y'all Show podcast. Search for it. But also, you can watch us at WNWS.com. You can watch us live on WNWS.com. You can watch us on demand. Just go there right at the top of the page and look for the Y'all Show alongside some other great shows. I think you'll like it. And if not, I'll give you your money back. But I appreciate the fair, very kind words that are coming in here on this Friday edition of the show about the South. Okay, Texter here sends a beautiful picture. It doesn't get much better when you send a picture of a dog. And that's what this Texter has just sent me. I wish I could share it with all y'all. John Alachua is a Timucan, Timucan Indian word for sinkhole. I gather you went from Jacksonville to Tampa on US 301. If so, you passed through Stark and Waldo. I absolutely went through those two towns, Stark and Waldo. In fact, it's Waldo that you split off and go to Gainesville. If you don't split off, you'll end up in Ocala. Uh, I was in that area, if you weren't aware, this past weekend in that part of the Sunshine State. Texter says, when you left Tampa on 75 before Gainesville, you went through Payne's Prairie, a 16th century Spanish cattle ranch. I sure as heck did. It's, it was really weird. It's just a couple of miles south of Gainesville, Florida, and I purposely went 301 as opposed to, as opposed to going straight out and catching the Interstate 75 and going to Tampa. I went kind of the back roads. That's actually what my phone said the shortest route would be. And as soon as you leave the city limits of Gainesville, you go into this what's called Payne's Prairie, and I didn't think I'd run into a prairie in the state of Florida, but I did. But it's kind of a prairie slash, it looked like a swamp. It was also extremely foggy this past weekend all throughout that part of Florida. So I didn't get as good of a view as I would have liked. But you're absolutely right. That was a 16th century Spanish cattle ranch. And remember, Florida, to its credit, was at one time and may still be the leading cattle state in the entire country. So 
Cowboys don't belong in Texas. They belong in Florida. <laughs> but I appreciate you sending that. And I don't know why you sent me the picture of the dog, but it's a beautiful dog. And if you happen to know the dog's name, let me know. And maybe help me pronounce that Timucan. Tumucan. I don't know how to pronounce it. Thank you for that, Texter. Our Florida insider helping me out here today. Texter here says, I feel so sorry and have so much compassion for the morons who don't know how smart Rick is. Okay, well, thank you. That might have been coming from Rick. Rick, our most famous caller. Look, we can change that. We need people from all over the South to call into the show, the text to the show. I know you're listening. I know you're watching. We've got to spice it up. And I'm probably going to implement the Paul Feinbaum rule here on the show, which, oddly enough, how weird is this? I don't traditionally listen to my fellow broadcaster, Paul Feinbaum. I have great respect. The guy's got a, a very good enterprise, Paul Feinbaum, the once Birmingham-based, now Charlotte-based sports broadcaster who's on ESPN but also still has his syndicated radio show on a lot of stations, primarily in Alabama. I was eating out last night, and for whatever reason, I went into the bathroom, and I'm going to tell you about that. That's a whole other story. But I went in there, and all of a sudden, I kept hearing something out of my pocket. I thought it was in my pocket, but I didn't touch my phone, and it sounded like Paul Feinbaum. And it was Paul Feinbaum's show, and it was coming off of my phone. And I promise you, I did not intend to listen to Paul Feinbaum. But for whatever reason, he must have been listening and activated my phone somehow. So uh, call Paul, as, uh, as they say. All right, Texter here says, that's the fourth time I've heard that mess about the Great Wolf Lodge. If it's not for you, don't go. Just don't make us listen to it. You know, that's a very good point. That is a very good point. That, again, goes back to Rick calling to wrap up Hour 1, talking about something called the Great Wolf Lodge. Texter says, I lived in Seattle during CHOP. I could tell you all about it. All right, well, see, I would love to know more, sort of, but, you know, I don't really care too much about the rest of the country. I kind of focus on the South, and I hope this show, most of you feel the same way. I mean, I'm not opposed to learning a little bit about other parts of the country, but here on this show, unlike any show in the world, we put the South first. The South comes in numero uno on y'all, y'all. Okay, and then finally, before we go to, I think we got a caller here patiently waiting. We'll grab him. Before we get into this social media stuff that I've been wanting to talk about, Texter here says, have you ever spent much time in the villages of Florida? I don't think I'm quite old enough to go to the villages in Florida, but I did see the sign. I actually fueled up right by the villages when I was coming up from Tampa Sunday evening. The villages of Florida. Yes, that's a retirement community that I think is maybe the leading place in the country for the golf carts. I think you almost have to have a golf cart to live there, I think. I don't know. I've not been to it, but I know what it is. Okay. One more text. Rick is a superior intellect, signed the Democrat Party. Okay, thank you for that. Let's see if our caller is still patiently waiting. Welcome into y'all talk with a southern accent. I'm still here. Hey, hello. Uh, my grandson works on the police department in Panama City Beach. Okay. And back when all that BLM stuff was kicking up and uh, going everywhere, they, there were 400 of them went to uh, Panama City Beach that parked in the field, and the city issued them a permit to protest peacefully. So as long as they done it peacefully, there was nothing wrong with it. Well, the mayor and the sheriff and even the governor, I think they were 
they had already told the police department, you know, if they get out, they get out of line, you know, what to do. So he said they hadn't been out there 15 minutes protesting, and once they all got lined up, he said they all laid out in the middle of a four-lane highway, laid down on the ground to block the traffic. He said as soon as they done that, they had the fire department there. They went out, took their high-powered hoses, and they hosed them right off the road like they were just garbage. Shut, you know, got them on the sidewalks, and they already had the police ready. The police loaded them up in buses and hauled them straight to the police station, and they didn't have any more trouble. <laughs> ah. Well, tell me I about mean, it. it was just, but you never heard about it on the news. Oh, no. It was just on the local news down there. I never heard it on one national news station, not one. I had to hear it from my grandson that was down there. Yeah, let me ask you about Panama City, because for a long time, that town had the reputation of being the party capital of the South. They've changed that, haven't they? Yes, uh, they uh, used to. There was uh, they, they stopped allowing uh, a lot of the uh, younger people were showing up with alcohol, and they were sitting on the beach, and uh, now they have patrols going up and down through there, and if they catch you drinking... And, of course, most of them were minors, and they were, you know, carrying on, tearing up stuff. And But they they pretty much put a stop to all that. Okay. So it's a, it's a little more family-oriented now than what it was. And that's during spring break, even. It's not yes, that crazy right. and wild. That's right. Hmm. Well, it's a, lot more, it's a lot more peaceful. My daughter lives there, and uh, she said, yeah, yeah it, it toned down a whole lot. Well, I was in Crawfordville last week. That's just south of Tallahassee. And while I was eating at a really cool place there, I asked the young people working in there, I'm like, where do y'all go to the beach? You know, they live about 20 minutes technically from the Gulf, but it's not in an area that would normally be a place you'd want to go to because I don't think it's a really good beach. She said they go to Panama City, which is about an hour and a half drive, but that's where people yeah. in the Tallahassee area still like to go to. Yeah, like I said, it's uh – I mean, I, I remember going down there in uh, back in the 80s and early 90s. I mean, you go down there, and it, you could tell it was just a party town. I mean, I never seen anybody bother nobody. They were just, you know, cutting up, carrying on, drinking. And of course, but so the problem was so many of them were young people, and uh, they were under the, under the drinking age, and that was causing the problem. So they had to kind of put a lid on that. So once they put a lid on that, I think a lot of them stopped coming to that area. Yeah. Well, I guess that's probably, a, from a safety standpoint, the right decision for sure. Unfortunately for yeah. me, I can't say how wonderful Panama City is as a teenager because I didn't get to go there as a teenager. But uh, for all of you listening that had great memories of Panama City, it's still great. Go down there and enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Hey, thank you for I'm your good. call and appreciate the input on this January 6th, two-year anniversary of the attack on the capital in the U.S., but again, prior to that, there were attacks all over the country for months, and that's what this caller was referencing. Let's go back to what we were going to discuss, and that would be our hashtag hullabaloo here on the Y'all Show, Talk with a Southern Accent. What is hashtag hullabaloo? This is where we go on social media and find people talking about the South and what they've got to say. And we'll start off with Jarrett B. Edwards on Twitter, Jarrett B., writes, as a caregiver for my southern grandparents, microwavable grits are the greatest invention of all time. Yeah, you know what? I don't have a problem with microwave grits. Do y'all? Um, I actually, in, in most cases, prefer them. 
because it's the memory that I have. My grandmother made the best grits. She couldn't make anything else. She burnt almost everything she ever tried to make. But for whatever reason, her grits were the best. And, and it wasn't until not long ago, my grandmother's been gone for more than 20 years, when I was making some instant grits and I was in a hurry, I had a flashback to her grits. And I, I realized, you know what? I think hers were, were good because she didn't properly cook them. <laughs> I think she was in such a hurry, she still didn't get, get it all wet. And so texter or, or social media person, Jarrett B. Edwards on Twitter, as a caregiver for your grandparents, microwavable grits are a great invention. You know what? I absolutely agree. Thank goodness for them. And if you don't like grits, then you need to be deported from the South. That's my opinion. Because it, it's hard. How can you not like it? It's corn, for goodness sakes. Who doesn't like corn? Now, if you can't eat grits because of health issues, I get it. But uh, grits by themselves are okay. Grits with cheese are super okay. And then if you end up mixing grits with other things, like in my case, scrambled eggs. Mm -mm. Speaking of my grandma, it makes you want to slap your grandma. Sorry about that, Grandma. <laughs> Moving on, next person on social media, Sonny, C-H-I-M-T on Twitter, says, at Waffle House for the first time, and then they follow it up with another tweet saying, now I'm going to a swamp. Well, thank you and enjoy that Waffle House experience. It's kind of a life-changing thing, if you will. I've got to give a shout-out to my longtime friend, Colonel Jones. Colonel Jones, I've known for 20 years. And he called me just before Christmas, and we talked. And he's kind of a cheapskate. He's a, a great American. He, he, a uh, great American hero. He fought in Vietnam. He's a full bird colonel, retired U.S. Army. Lee Jones, great, great Southerner, Hattiesburg, Mississippi's own, and uh, Florida Gator, by the way, too, a Kappa Alpha, K.A. man. I absolutely. He called me just before Christmas and wanted to know what I was doing, and 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 uh, we talked, and he said why don't you let me take you to lunch? And he chose the brand new Waffle House. And you know what? I got treated to a Waffle House lunch. That is saying something. At a brand new Waffle House, too. That is saying something. So, Colonel Jones, thank you for that very, very great way to bring in the new year by taking me to a Waffle House dining experience. And I, and I was cheap on him. I only got... I usually get the combination that gives you the eggs and those, uh, I think they call it the all-star special, maybe. That's what it's called. I get them confused with what Huddle House calls theirs. I didn't get that. I think I only got a hamburger. I, I, I was easy on him. You know, he's a retired guy. He's in his 80s. I was pretty easy on good old Colonel Jones. But uh, love Waffle House. Again, you got to love, if, if you're a Southerner, you got to have a special spot. And I, I don't mean to dictate what you got to do, but. I'm going to go ahead. If I were president of the South, I would dictate that you got to at least tolerate grits and you got to love Waffle House. Uh, pass out, I don't care what you do. I don't care who you root for on Saturdays. I don't care how you say the word P-E-C-A-N, but dadgummit, you need to like grits and you need to like Waffle House. There, I said it. Next, here on the Y'all Show, we go to Katie, and it's I Want My Katie Back Twitter account. Katie says, anybody else notice how Tyler Perry's Medea character is like the Southern version of that Kevin Smith? That's uh, a guy, Kevin Smith, a TV and film producer person that's also, I think, done some acting, Kevin Smith. So 
She's referencing how Tyler Perry's Medea looks like a southern version of Kevin Smith. And uh, I don't know. Could be. Could be. I don't know how much y'all were up on Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is a comedian, a comic book writer, a YouTuber, and more. He came to prominence with the film Clerks back in 1994. That's a movie that he wrote, directed, and co-produced. And then he acted in as the character Silent Bob of the stoner duo Jay and Silent Bob. And he also appeared in Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Clerks 2, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, and Clerks 3. Kevin Smith, he is a New Jersey native. I went to his, just, just to give you an idea of Kevin Smith, if you're not familiar with this guy, I went to his official Twitter account, and uh, if you got little ones, cover their ears real quick, because this is not quite X-rated, but it's along the lines. Um, I'll try my best to say this without, uh, well, I mean, he put it on Twitter, so you can go look. Let me just tell you, that's probably what I need to do. Just go to his official Twitter account if you want to, see the kind of humor this guy brings that Kevin Smith. And, uh, uh, yeah, I really probably don't need to say that now looking back on it. Uh, cause it's, it's pretty graphic, but it's true. What he says is true. And, and you know, not, there's not a single person that this does not, this does not, um, also, uh, uh affect you. It, this, what he put on his Twitter account is it, it, it affects every single human to my knowledge. Lastly, on ha hashtag hullabaloo, let's clean it up with Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football. Y'all familiar with him? He's a Georgia alum. He's been writing for a long time, been on TV forever. J Tony Barnhart, Mr. CFB is his Twitter account, and he puts out on social media today that he's on the same plane with SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, so I must be headed back in the right direction, going to be quite a week in Los Angeles. Can Georgia repeat? says Tony Barnhart, right now flying out to Los Angeles with the Georgia Bulldogs. His alma mater is playing TCU for the national championship Monday night. Scott Aiken replies back to Tony Barnhart on Twitter. Scott Aiken, Aiken9Scott. It's going to be tough. If Georgia plays its game, they win. And I will tailgate. It may be a small tailgate and not long, but it will happen. Hashtag SEC, hashtag Southern. But, yeah, Georgia heading out to the national championship as we speak, and people like the commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, and Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart, westward bound as well. We've got a call holding. Let's pick it up before we go to the break. Caller, welcome in to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Yeah, you brought up a, a good memory of mine about the South and, and uh, got a little bit of California tied into it too, so bear with me about the California part. But um, my father grew up in Chattanooga, and joined the Navy, and, and when he was in the station at Alameda Naval uh, Station near San Francisco, he met my mother, who grew up in, in Sacramento, California. And, well, he met the woman who became my mother. So, you know, here she is. She's a California girl. She's never eaten grits before. And my dad was talking about, you know, back home, eating, you know, be, eating eggs and grits and, and stopping everything up with a good good toast and all that kind of stuff. My mother's just, you know, she just doesn't understand. She grew up on cream of wheat. So they go back to Chattanooga, and my dad uh, is, is, is staying with my aunt who, who lives there, and she's serving the traditional southern breakfast with grits and everything, and my mother does the unthinkable with the grits. 
pours milk and sugar on top of the grits. And so my my aunt used to say she likes them Yankee style. So anyway, every ever since that time, it was actually before I was born, but after we would go back there every year, my aunt would ask my mother if she wanted her grits Yankee style. So, but um, uh, I grew up with them with uh, butter and salt, and uh, and I, I find them wonderful that way. I I do not like grits with milk and sugar on them. So, but you have anyway. given it a shot. I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think I've ever tried that. I, I have my mom when she when she was describing you know I I I don't remember having them prior to being about five or six years old but I remember her telling me you know I was looking at those things and she told me they're kind of like cream of wheat and I would taste them and I told my mom they're not anything like cream of wheat but she you know yeah when we were uh, my dad was stationed when I was born and everything uh, born I was actually born in Alameda and um, moved to San Diego. And then to uh, Torrance, California, and all that. Spent a lot of time in California until um, I was 12. So I ate a lot of cream of wheat with, with uh, milk and brown sugar. Um, I like it that way. But um, I never like my grits with, with milk and sugar on them. It just, it just, the texture just isn't right. Um, just, uh, you know, the grits have a coarser texture than the cream of wheat. But there's a definite, uh, you know, as a, I guess I really am a southerner. I've never had cream of wheat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Um, people right here don't know what cream of wheat is. I've heard of it. And, uh, I know. I know. I've had Yankee friends. You know, they tell me about cream of wheat, but I've actually never said, "Hey, could, could I have some?" And I've never gone into a restaurant down here where they say, "Hey, we got some fresh cream of wheat. You want some?" No, you're not going to find it down here. So, and uh, and but uh, it's uh, they've had to change the box because because the you know the box had a, at least what I remember is a black guy holding. Um, uh, you know, like a like a hot bowl of it or whatever on the box, but uh, um, yeah, it's complete. Cream of wheat has a much smoother texture. Um, uh, that's the best way I can describe it. Um, they're they're both very bland without anything on them. I can tell you that. Okay. Cream of wheat and grits. So you go both so, ways. Cream of wheat, cream of wheat and grits. I like it. Yeah, but I haven't had cream of wheat since my mama passed. So <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's like 10 years ago. So Well, you should honor her and go get you some cream of wheat. There you go. Introduce it to my kids. There yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. And, and the day I see cream of wheat at my local Waffle House, I'll be like, oh, my God. They really have to. We have lost the war. Hey, thank you for the call. <laughs> All right. Uh, have, a, have a good rest of your day and have a great weekend. All right. Let's go to the text lines. Opinion, please. Why is it okay to pray now in football? Sportscasters even – do it, but when it wasn't okay when Tim Tebow did it and was ostracized. Don't get me wrong. It is great to see our country come together and praying for this young man and his family and team, and I love the unity of our country with this, but where was this before just asking? And it's really odd you bring up Tim Tebow. I, I'm not going to talk way too much about my personal life, but i got to brag on my 12-year-old son this week. So last weekend, he and I were in Gainesville, home of the Gators, and we I, I had to break down and spend more than I should have on a Tim Tebow football jersey from the official athletic store there at the University of Florida. My son's not a Gator fan. He just likes Tim Tebow. And I got him the official Tim Tebow replica jersey. He wore it to school in Mississippi this week, and he sent me a text saying that one of his fellow seventh graders, you know, was picking on him about wearing a Tim Tebow jersey. And so my son 
decided to do a Tebow. He Tebowed where you get down and do the little prayer thing like Tebow was famous for doing. And uh, the, the other kid laughed. I'm only bringing this up because my son's 12 years old. He wasn't even alive when Tim Tebow was doing all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm actually impressed. And I, did, I didn't show him Tim Tebow footage. I guess even for the youngsters, they know about Tim Tebow's faith and what he did. Kids that weren't even alive. To Tim Tebow's credit is what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to brag on here, that Tim Tebow. And, and Tim, hope you enjoy the few dollars you're going get, to get from me for buying that way expensive jersey. But I don't mind giving you that, Tim, because you deserve it. But, yeah, Tim Tebow certainly wasn't afraid to show his faith on the gridiron. And uh, let's hope that because of faith we're going to see tragedies like this week turn into maybe not uh, the world's worst thing. And that, that, that young man, by the way, is doing better, thank goodness. And I'm sure Tim Tebow and all of us could put in an extra prayer for that and for all future injuries. I mean, I, I was at an NFL game Sunday, and I, I was specifically watching – before the kickoff, several players would run down to the end zone. No, it wasn't the whole team. It was about five or six would run down to the end zone and face the the direction toward the south side of the stadium, I guess it would have been. And they got down on their knees and they prayed just by themselves, some reflection, all by themselves before this NFL game the Buccaneers were hosting there at Tampa. I thought that was pretty cool. They weren't doing it, I don't think, for show. If they had done that, they would have been praying at the 50-yard line. But they ran down there just for a quick moment and, and did that. So they were Tebowing in front of everybody if, they, if the fans were even watching. Let's see here. Got another text coming in. It says, uh, attention. This is a tweet from an account called Denlesk. Attention, Georgians and Texans coming to California for the NCAA NCAA championship game, you can pitch a tent on a city street, shoot up heroin on any sidewalk, and do a smash and grab at any mall, but absolutely no tailgating in the football stadium parking lot. <laughs> because it, according to it looks like a, an official Fox News account, this says tailgating not allowed at SoFi Stadium for the Georgia TCU national championship game. If that's true, that's just stupid. Absolutely ridiculous. Hopefully that's not true. That's, that's un-American. They should take the thing away just like they took the All-Star game away from Atlanta in 2021. Unfortunately, race in the USA is still a problem. What's okay for one race is a crime for another, and race and the government has chosen one side. That from a texter on our text line, 731-277-5155. we got to take a break, catch up with some commercial announcements, and come right back with a look at some festivals that are taking place across the Southland. we got them all, some, some good ones. I'm telling you, if you don't have your weekend all planned out, I'll help you with that as the Y'all Show winds down after this timeout. Thanks for listening. This is your 101.5 News Brief. A longtime West Tennessee musician and journalist has died in an apparent murder-suicide. The bodies of 70-year-old Steve Short and his wife Susan were found in their home in Milan on Thursday morning. Milan Police Chief Bobby Sellers says evidence indicates that Short was shot several times before Susan Short turned a gun on herself. However, the investigation is ongoing. Steve Short was with the Milan Mirror Exchange for 40 years as a newspaper reporter and associate editor and as a talented keyboard player, 
Short entertained with numerous musicians in the area. There is more on the story at WNWS.com. In Nashville, a Grammy winner has been killed by a Metro police officer. 54-year-old sound engineer Mark Capps was wanted for aggravated assault, kidnapping, and threatening his wife and stepdaughter. Capps had worked with Blake Shelton, Vince Gill, Alabama, and other country greats. Jackson City Councilman Paul Taylor will not seek re-election. Taylor says while he's been honored to serve, he feels it's a good time to step down, a way to focus on his family and pursue personal goals. A Jackson Dance Studio now offers classes for students who are wheelchair-bound and for those with other special needs. Rhythm Works classes are forming at Pat Brown School of Dance for ages first grade through adults with autism, cerebral palsy, ADHD, and other learning differences. You can see their Facebook page for details. That's your 101.5 News Brief. I'm Julie. This is University of Tennessee football coach Josh Heupel reminding you that drinking and driving is a bad call. The winning game plan is to choose a designated driver. Remember, you have a choice. If you drink, don't drive. If you do, you will go to jail. A DUI can cost you $10,000, but more importantly, it can cost you your life or someone else's. That's not worth the risk. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. What sets Crylic Elite apart? Abundant resources. Driven and determined. Honest and trustworthy. We're always available. Confidence. Communication. Ethical. Dependable. We answer the phone. Strong Crylic corporate supports. We truly represent our clients. Decades of experience and true leadership. Electric cars come in all shapes and sizes, but they have one thing in common. They save you money. Just imagine every time that you're stopping at the gas station, I'm saving money because I'm passing it by. I've not changed the brake pads at all in this car. You don't have to change the oil. There's a lot less maintenance required and a lot less expenditures. It costs me roughly $20 a month to charge my car. Visit driveelectrictn.org for more information on how you can save money with your own electric car. In today's world. Actually, come to the office. Run this to the bank. Yes, sir. Sending an employee to the bank is a dangerous practice. <laughs> Call MaxGuard and ask about their armed courier service. Deposits, documents, and more. Picked up and delivered anywhere safely. MaxGuard is the area's only regionally owned and operated security guard service. Call 427-7222 or visit MaxGuard.com. Operated for 20 years. Real Foot Metal is coverage you can count on. Property owners, architects, or contractors. Real Foot Metal has the products and services for your residential, commercial, and industrial needs. Real Foot Metal proudly serving West Tennessee. 
regular patrols of your commercial or residential properties can dramatically deter crime potential. Random patrol checks economically provide security and deter crime. MaxGuard is the area's only regionally owned and operated security guard service. Call 427-7222 or visit MaxGuard.com. At Southern Airways, we fly to make your day. Fly from McKellar Sipes to anywhere in the world with easier connections in Atlanta. Avoid the long TSA lines at Hartsfield with screening now at McKellar Sipes in Jackson. Land at gate E37 with Tokyo to your left and Orlando to your right. It's easy when you fly directly into America's biggest hub. Southern Airways has put Jackson back on the map. We're ready to welcome you aboard. Book now at iFlySouthern.com. This is your 101.5 News Brief. A longtime West Tennessee musician and journalist has died in an apparent murder-suicide. The bodies of 70-year-old Steve Short and his wife Susan were found in their home in Milan on Thursday morning. Milan Police Chief Bobby Sellers says evidence indicates that Short was shot several times before Susan Short turned a gun on herself. However, the investigation is ongoing. Steve Short was with the Milan Mirror Exchange for 40 years as a newspaper reporter and associate editor and as a talented keyboard player, Short entertained with numerous musicians in the area. There is more on the story at WNWS.com. In Nashville, a Grammy winner has been killed by a Metro police officer. 54-year-old sound engineer Mark Capps was wanted for aggravated assault, kidnapping, and threatening his wife and stepdaughter. Capps had worked with Blake Shelton, Vince Gill, Alabama, and other country greats. Jackson City Councilman Paul Taylor will not seek re-election. Taylor says while he's been honored to serve, he feels it's a good time to step down, a way to focus on his family and pursue personal goals. A Jackson Dance Studio now offers classes for students who are wheelchair-bound and for those with other special needs. Rhythm Works classes are forming at Pat Brown School of Dance for ages first grade through adults with autism, cerebral palsy, ADHD, and other learning differences. You can see their Facebook page for details. That's your 101.5 News Brief. I'm Julie. This is University of Tennessee football coach Josh Heupel reminding you that drinking and driving is a bad call. The winning game plan is to choose a designated driver. Remember, you have a choice. If you drink, don't drive. If you do, you will go to jail. A DUI can cost you $10,000, but more importantly, it can cost you your life or someone else's. That's not worth the risk. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. What sets Crylic Elite apart? Abundant resources. Driven and determined. Honest and trustworthy. We're always available. Confidence. Communication. Ethical. Dependable. We answer the phone. Strong Crylike corporate supports. We truly represent our clients. Decades of experience and true leadership. 
Electric cars come in all shapes and sizes, but they have one thing in common. They save you money. Just imagine every time that you're stopping at the gas station, I'm saving money because I'm passing you by. I've not changed the brake pads at all in this car. You don't have to change the oil. There's a lot less maintenance required and a lot less expenditures. It costs me roughly $20 a month to charge my car. Visit driveelectrictn.org for more information on how you can save money with your own electric car. In today's world. Actually, come to the office. Run this to the bank. Yes, sir. Sending an employee to the bank is a dangerous practice. In today's So check it out. Now, coming up in the state of Maryland this weekend in Baltimore, it's the Baltimore Cranky Festival. That's taking place this weekend. What is Cranky? It's the beloved festival of scrolled panoramas known as Crankies. And this year, it comes for its eighth time to the city of Baltimore. Cranky, C-R-A-N-K-I-E. That's a new one on me. I haven't heard of it. But that's what's going on if you're kind of on the art scene. You might be familiar with Cranky. The 2023 Cranky Festival. In Kansas City, Missouri, you know, Patrick Mahomes makes that town pretty famous. But you know what? Kansas City is pretty famous for this, too. The State Thespian Festival. That's with a T. The State Thespian Festival is going on right now through the end of Saturday at the Kansas City Convention Center. So get your thespian on there in KCMO. How about Lumberton, Mississippi? That's down on the Louisiana line near Macomb this weekend. It's the Fungi Fest 2023. And their statement on their Facebook page says, whether you've just been curious about mushrooms for a while or you've been diving deep into the mysterious world of this unique kingdom of creatures, Fungi Fest is for you. We have an amazing group of mushroom lovers gathering for what we know will be a great time had by all. So y'all need to go down to Lumberton or go up to Lumberton if you're down in Louisiana. Uh, check it out. It's the Fungi Fest this weekend on Tom Shell Road in Lumberton, Mississippi. Hmm. I'll put that on my calendar. This weekend in Cary, North Carolina, it's the North Carolina Chinese Lantern Festival. That's going to be taking place Saturday. Chinese lanterns have a long history, and there are even records of the existence of paper Chinese lanterns dating back to as early as the Eastern Han Dynasty. That's 25 to 220 A.D. The people of that time created frames for candles using bamboo, wood, or wheat straw, stretching silk or paper over it to allow for a hot air balloon effect. And if you go to Cary, I think that's around Raleigh, if I'm not mistaken, you can check out the Chinese Lantern Festival. Y'all might have a Chinese Lantern somewhere in your home. Check it out, and they'll be celebrating it this weekend in Cary. Muskogee, Oklahoma this weekend. It's the Gospel Fountain Music Festival. This will be a fundraising musical for the oldest Baptist church in Oklahoma. That's this weekend on Sunday specifically, the Gospel Fountain Music Festival. Kids, you will be the spotlight this weekend in the holy city of Charleston. At Stonyfield, it's the Cooper River Bridge Run. It's the kids' run. I think the one for the adults where they go over that gigantic bridge that stretches across the Cooper River that separates Charleston and Mount Pleasant. This weekend, it's for the kids. It's a kids' run, Cooper River Bridge Run. And when they have the one with the adults somewhere in, like, March, I think, it is, um, 
it's a massive scene. I mean, they have tens of thousands of people participate in that bridge run. It's pretty cool. I, I've not been in it. Don't plan on being in it. <laughs> but it's a beautiful sight. At least it's, I guess it's kind of like the Boston Mass Marathon, but it's it's not uh, quite quite as famous. Cooper River Kids Run this weekend. Nashville this weekend, you've got Saturday night speed dating going on at PH Craft Cocktails. So they are promoting speed dating. You know, it's something that I've not done. Maybe I should because uh, dating's hard enough if you go in it, if you kind of stretch it out. So why not just speed it all up? And so at this place called PH Craft Cocktails on Martin Street, Nash Vegas, this weekend, Saturday to be specific, from 5 to 7, it's the Saturday night speed dating. Hmm. Maybe true love can be found right there in Music City. I love Music City. I wonder if there's love in Music City. Well, you can find out if you go to this Saturday night speed dating. In Marfa, Texas this weekend, it's the Trans-Picos Festival of... <laughs> if it doesn't work out for me in Nashville, I need to go over to Texas because this weekend, it's the Trans-Picos Festival of Music and Love. And that's taking place in Marfa, Texas. Uh, yeah. Check that out this weekend. In Centerville, Virginia, it is the, the Bull Run Festival of Lights. Centerville, Virginia, going on Saturday night. Check that out. Festival of Lights. Get lit in uh, the Centerville, Virginia, which I assume if it's in the Bull Run Regional Park, it's where the Civil War battle happened there in 1861 and 1863, I think was the second one. Really weird. Really weird. They had two battles on the same piece of property, but they did. And while we're in that part of the country, of the Southland, in Wheeling, West Virginia, way up there in the, I guess, panhandle of West Virginia is what they call that, Ogle Bay's Festival of Lights goes on at Ogle Bay Resort in Wheeling, and that's going to be Sunday. And that's a little bit of a breakdown of some of the fun you can find going on this weekend across the Southeast with festivals and more. And, again, there's not a dull moment to be had in this part of the world, if you want to have a good time, check it out. And if you get lost of what I just said, go back, reference the show. You can find it again at WNWS.com. You can also get us on podcast forms. Just search for Y'all Show, and you'll be all set. So no excuses. Our Florida friends texted in before we get out of here today. It says, John, when you left Wakala Springs in Florida, did you go U.S. 98 to Perry or back to I-10? on the way to Jacksonville. Anyway, you went through old Florida going home next week. Dog's name is Crawford. You sent me the picture of your dog. Your dog's name is Crawford. Thank you for that. Someone dropped him and three of his sisters out in nowhere. That person does not want to meet me. Tim Tebow, a great guy, and I'm a Seminole. <laughs> I was talking about Tebow earlier. Crawford, yeah. And I said I had lunch last week in Crawfordville, Florida, just about 20 miles south of Tallahassee, the state capital. Great place. In fact, that's a subject for another time. I want to talk about, this is your homework assignment over the weekend. Y'all text me back Monday and tell me where you know of a place. But when I was in Crawfordville, I had a great lunch at a place that had a choo-choo train going around the, the ceiling when you were in there dining. Mm -hmm. And there's one of those I know in, in, uh, in Georgia that I've been to. Y'all text me all the places that you can think of where you can sit down and dine and have a choo-choo train going above you, you know, on a, on a, a rail. Uh, pretty cool experience, especially if you've been, like, you've got a youngster there. They would like to see the train going when they're eating. And uh, I know of two places. I want to know more. So text me that. That's your homework assignment over the weekend. Uh, but love the, the time there. And, and as you said, you're a Seminole, and you're complimenting Tim Tebow. I guess Tim might be on TV a little bit between now and Monday night with the national championship game 
check that out as well. Texter says the here on the text line, 731-277-5155, one festival I left out, the texter was kind enough to let me know about this. I'm going to write this one and see if I can't work it in this weekend. In Jackson, Tennessee this weekend, it's the Pothole Festival. <laughs> All right, I'll, uh, I don't know how you celebrate that, but evidently they got one of those there. You know, somebody probably really does have a pothole festival somewhere. I mean, my goodness, I was just telling you all about mushroom festivals going on in other parts of the southeast this weekend. Again, always something fun going on. And here at the Y'all Show, we're going to do our best to spotlight them all. So you'll have something to talk about when you're having your grits at Waffle House. Oh, by the way, one last thing. Last night, great invention. I don't know why I didn't think of this. I went to a restaurant, and they had something that I said, I wish I'd have thought about that because... It makes perfect sense. The restaurant I went to had a completely black toilet. And I was sitting there thinking, this is perfect. You never have to clean your toilet when you got a black toilet. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Just something to leave us on for the weekend. Hey, everybody, have a great weekend. It's been a pleasure being with you here to start off 2023. And we'll be right back here on Monday to do it all. we got a whole week lined up for you of talking about Dixie. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun. We'll be previewing the national championship game Monday night between the dogs and the horned frogs and setting the stage for the rest of the fun. And maybe by Monday, we'll have a U.S. house speaker. Who the heck knows? Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, y'all.